Nerd Soul. Hey, Daggers, what's going on? This is Solar Gray, the cinematic sorcerer, coming at you from Bono's Pizzeria in beautiful downtown Long Beach, Ocean Boulevard, as a matter of fact, which is kind of funny because whenever you go into a city, that has a beach like Venice, Santa Monica, Leo Carrillo. There's always an ocean boulevard. It makes you wonder, like, are they all connected? And some people are like, yeah, if it's the same ocean. But honestly, it's not. That's really like the Pacific Coast Highway, which um, locals call PCH. But for those people that like driving Route 66 and all that stuff, there's no water there. But there's water here in the fountain right behind you guys. And if you guys are thirsty, the drinks are still bottomless, at least the soft ones. If you guys want the beer and the wine, that's all on you. Now, if you're wondering why it sounds like I'm doing a stand-up comedy routine, it's because I am stuck with a whole bunch of sleep deprivation. But <laughs> since I am here with the microphone in hands, I want to welcome you guys to the first Decker Day that we are having with a whole bunch of gamers a, a day of fun and games for the family, for the people that want families, for the people that came from families, for the people that know the definition of family. And I don't just mean the dictionary definition because your bloodline are the people that you're born with and the family are the people that you choose to pay back when they loan you money. So. <laughs> I want to introduce our panel because I want to welcome you guys to the live edition of The Dark Side of the Room. Now, this is the show where we talk about nerd culture and what it's like to be an outsider, even outsiders around nerds, along with, I would say gaming theory, but I don't teach anything about espionage or, or, or doing stuff that really alienates your friends. But we're talking about what it means to be a gamer. How do we play games? Easy ways to learn, easy accessibilities, and how to navigate these realms if you happen to come from a little place. Now around here, I tell people all the time, do not let people tell you that you can't like what you like because of the circumstances of your birth. That means race, religion, creed, gender identity, sexual orientation, disability, neurodivergency, or your budget. And I put that one in specifically because I ain't never seen a housing project more than two miles away from a trailer park. Because broke is broke, all right? But first off, I want to introduce my fantastic panel who decided to come down here and support the event. On my first left, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, a great entertainer, a great humanitarian, and one of my very good friends for years. Um, you guys can see us practically every Sunday, sometime between noon and two, um, talking about the stuff that he covers on him, and I like to introduce Mr. Michael Young. Hello, everyone. Hello. Why, thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, NEID, SOUL, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. We do hip hop and geek. We have a good, uh, pretty good time. And Solar and I usually talk about evil or Star Trek or something like that. Evil's a TV show, by the way. We don't talk about the anthropomorphic concept of the opposite of good. We leave that for our meetings on Tuesday nights down by the docks. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, we, you know, so yeah, that's when we talk about uni unionization and the power of the proletariat and all that. Stuff. But that's for Tuesday night down by the docks, pier 18, 7:30. Um, and right next to him, the Stan Lee. Of 133 Comics, all right? The idea man, the one who says, you know what? I like your style. Let me give you a comic book. If you can do your stuff on time, because I ain't going to be like the boondocks, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Jason Reeves. <laughs> Go ahead and say something. No, your mic works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My mic works. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we publish comics. Uh, we are 133art.com is the hub. Um, we are at 133art publishing or at 133art on every social media. And we make 
uh, black-centered uh, media and comics. So yeah, that's what we do. Awesome. Now, if you guys have been here all day, you have noticed that we got a couple of tables that are like, hey, what's this stuff? They look like good art displays. But what's that over there? It's all new and wrapped in plastic. And, oh, that looks fun. Really quick, shut up and take my money. Um, and I want to introduce a really good friend of mine, a friend to the channel, a friend to Back in the Deck. Um, as a whole, um, a member of the community, especially in Bellflower, California, um, you guys know him as that guy that's just been sitting at the table all day. I know him as Charles, the owner and operator of Guildhouse Games. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you. Oh, you can slide the whole thing around. It, it, if it falls, it's just funny. I'm new. I'm not used to being on mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. All right. And finally... Um, no offense, guys, but the one guest that I am super, super over the moon to get here today. Um, you know, I, I talk a lot about racial equality or gender issues or a lot of stuff, especially within the nerd sphere. And everybody who knows looking at me, I'm a neurodivergent out of my mind, um, big black dude. But one thing I always, always try and make room for is the perspective of a woman. I don't think women's perspectives are really shined within the nerd culture and the geek space. So this is why I'm happy not just to have a woman, not just to have a black woman, but to have an educated black woman who is a working journalist. <laughs> um, oh my God, the, her publications, I would say are endless. It's just um, my notebook is over there at a different table. So I can't exactly give you guys her pedigree, but let me tell you, it is hardcore. Miss Marquita Lestar, thank you for being here. Tell the people about yourself. Oh my God. <laughs> I've been on a lot of panels, but that's like the best intro I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I, I do journalism and, and I also create com uh, content of my own, but my biggest thing is just trying to reveal the industry, the ins and outs, and gain access to people who normally don't get it. So I'm a big fan of indie anything. And so I'm found anywhere online at lestar.next. That's where you can find me. Uh-oh, coming. Now you good. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> all right there we go Ooh, yeah i think i turned this mic down a little bit because i didn't want to outshine you hey you guys in the back there can you hear me all right you guys can hear you all right who can't hear me over there okay well that's easy That's not a problem. I got you. I got you. All right. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? We do this all the time. Now this is the first time that uh, Mike and I have actually done a panel live, so he's not actually seen how much of a goofball I actually am in real life. <laughs> I think you're right on that one. Though. It is. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right on that. Someone keeps oh. talking. Hello. <laughs> one, two, one, two. That's You're right. You're a master at this, Michael. Don't be shy. <laughs> Although you don't got to be that close with the mic. I mean, it, this, is, this is a family-friendly show. So, <laughs> uh, so I wanted to get everybody together 
And um, there's a lot of stuff we talk about on the dark side of the room. Now, normally, I am giving lectures. <laughs> Things like it's just a game. Why are we here? Why, what is it like to be a gamer? What's it like to be in spaces and all that other stuff? But today, I wanted to talk with people that aren't me <laughs> about um, the comic space, the publishing space, the gaming space, and all those other spaces where, let's be real, most of these things started in middle America in the 1960s and 70s. And things have changed since then. So, when, um, when my panel came up to me today, they were like, okay, what are we gonna talk about? What is the whole thing? So, the first thing, I want to pose a little bit of a question to each member of the panel, all right? give them a couple of minutes to tell a little bit about their story in a sense of what made them uncomfortable when they first came in, be it when they were 9, 10, 11 years old, that kind of thing. The first time they noticed the difference between their regular life and the nerd space. All right, so let's, uh, let's open it up to you, Charles, because I know I met you um, and I know that you have a long history with Warhammer 40K, which in Southern California doesn't exactly have the cleanest reputation. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, what, just my history, of, just my history of Warhammer. This right now. We need to share this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your history with Warhammer. Um, your history with Warhammer. What it was like when you first went in. And were you welcome? Were you not welcome? Like, what? How comfortable did you feel being in that space before you started working at the store? Oh, man, that's 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 a difficult one for me. Uh, I was kind of invited by a cousin of mine around the age of 15, and I lived in like the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so I didn't. There wasn't really a huge. Uh, wasn't really a huge Warhammer community for me to kind of break into, and it was also heavily Hispanic area, so I, thankfully, I didn't really feel too excluded, so I actually have kind of not been, I haven't been too excluded in most, most areas, uh, oh, nice. which, you know, that's, you know, as far as my ethnicity is concerned in that one. Okay. All right. Oh, very cool. Now, Jason, you come from, well, a lot of people have told me um, well, you're always complaining about comics. You're always complaining <laughs> about what's out there, what's not out there. If you don't like it so much, why don't you go write your own book? And I'm like, because Marvel, well, I'm not going to say they don't answer the door and DC don't answer the door when I go knocking. It's just the security that shows up instead of the A&R person. So <laughs> being someone who went out there and actually started doing their own thing, tell me a little bit about that. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they turn security on you, so then you gotta build your own clubhouse and not let them in. Um, <laughs> no, um, I guess to answer the question, the, the first thing that kind of made me feel uncomfortable uh, in the comic space or the comic industry space was just not enough of people like me doing the thing. And then even finding out that certain illustrators, because that's, that's my first skill set, being an illustrator, um, that's, that certain illustrators were black, but you never saw their faces, right? You didn't know that ex-illustrator of your favorite book was a black guy. And that would have been so helpful as a young person trying to break into the industry. Um, and then, because there are certain gatekeep, there's certain gatekeeping going on in the industry, even still now. I mean, it's a little bit more open now, but even now, there's certain gatekeeping in the sense, not necessarily malicious, even though there are malicious forms of it. There's a form where I have more empathy for a person that looks like me or that comes from the same background as me, so I don't even look at other candidates for a certain job. Kind of like an unconscious bias. Correct. Okay. Um, that still exists, that's still, that's still pervasive in the industry. And to get around that, when I was coming up, I created 133R. Um, I was like, 
okay, I can't get into the industry traditionally or the way that they say that I should, you know? I can't really uh, network uh, in the way that people are telling me in interviews and in videos that I should network. I'm not gonna go to the club or the bar or whatever. I don't even drink that much after the convention or I can't get into that particular space to meet that particular editor. I'll just do it myself. I'm creative. I've always been a storyteller. I've always been an artist. So I have most of the tools. Why not make my own? Okay. Uh, Miss Lestar. Um, <clears throat> some of your experiences um, within the publishing spaces, which means creative spaces and business spaces, um, have you felt some of the same things or some of the things um, perhaps in a different flavor? Okay. When, I, when you first asked your question, I thought you were like asking me like to give you like my nerd coming out story. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. Um. Wait, don't get me wrong. I would love to hear it. I mean, yeah. I I don't have one. It's, it's much like my queer story. I just was, um, <laughs> um, and never big on coming out. Um, yes, my I, queer coming out or my nerd coming out <laughs> story was I opened the door and I walked out of the bathroom and I said, wow. I think I want spandex, <laughs> you know. An understandable urge, you know. It yeah, happens yeah. to us all. Some we find out it's like our superpower and we look great in it, and others are like, no, this isn't for me. <laughs> but can you I, be I a nerd if you I, don't want spandex? Though? I mean, <laughs> you can want it, but you can understand it wasn't for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. So I understand. I understand where he's coming from. Um, I thought I was artsy. And then somebody was like, nah, you, you a nerd. <laughs> I, I, was, I was like the alternative, like artsy chick. And then they're like, no, nah, you, you a whole nerd. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Let me go find my nerd tribes. <laughs> I wasn't discouraged. Um, as, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I like being weird. I've, I think we all go through that. I'm different starting in like, you know, in school, you know, K through 12. And then eventually uh, you just get to this point where you're like, if I can't let people sit, if, if they won't let me sit with them, I'm going to find the people who will let me sit with them. And then I'm going to start building things that will make other people come sit at my table. And so I've always brought that attitude with much of everything I do. I believe I should be in this room. I, I have the qualifications. I have the interest. I have the passion. If I don't have it, I acquire it. And I'm happy to share with others how to go about that. So um, that's how I often come through things. And that, that helps me get through a lot of doors that I think others don't get through. Because I'm big, I'm big for advocating. I'm very anti-bully. I think that's where I started off for because you being different, that's usually your first experience is having to deal with bullies. So and then, true. And then I'm the kind of person like, well, we'll square up. I might not win, but we're going to at least square <laughs> up. And what you find out with bullies real quick is that they don't like to square up. Even if, even if they end up winning at the end of the day, they don't want to actually fight you. And so if the world is bullies and they like to prey on the people who are weak or the people who are crump or give in, I feel like I can't be that person. Okay. Know that I got to fight. So when, you do, when I do get in rooms and I'm the only person who looks or thinks or, you know, has the particular background I have, I have a lot of, lot of boxes I could check off if I went through all of them. I, I stick out in a lot of different ways. And I've just learned to own that and say that is who I am. And, and it's, it's behind the reason why I'm confident. I'm big on embracing our differences as opposed to running away from them. Yes. And it's, it's a big superpower for me. And so I'm like, love your weird. It's really a superpower. And it's going to make, at the end of the day, it's the weirdos who are like innovating and, and forming those new trends when they find the courage just to be who they are and say, hey, I, I, I know I've got something here. Let me run with it. And that gets you really far with people who may have underestimated you when you first walk through the door because you, you aren't what they were expecting. I don't know what you're talking about, man. Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> is like the, the pinnacle right. of normalcy. You know? Right. But you can use it to your advantage. You underestimating me or giving into some stereotype about me that you concocted in your head or you've been indoctrinated to because, you know, that is a thing in our society. True. Is, is your weakness, not mine. 
okay. I'm going to take full advantage of it. And then when I come up on top or I do this thing that you weren't expecting me to be able to do for no other reason than some superficial thing that you thought in your head, well, that's, that's how you, you lose out, you miss out. And I'm on to the next thing. So I definitely encounter those type of things, but I, that's my whole attitude and mantra okay. towards it. All right. Yeah. Now, see... I had to open with the uncomfortable question. Oh, okay. <laughs> because the major part of today's day is I wanted to show the world, our people, their people, um, the people who love rolling math rocks, the people who love creating stories, even the ones that sit down at their typewriter and beat their hands bloody going all work and no play and make Jack a dull boy and want to swing an ax at Shelley Long. Um, or was it, or well, Shelly Duvall, sorry. Uh, that, Shelly Long is my thing. I was never a big fan of Cheers. Um, but um, to show the people, look, we're here. Everybody's here. And <clears throat> within the nerd spaces over the past lifetime of mine, I have noticed that there are a lot of levels of gatekeeping. And when I first started, um, I gave sort of, not my geek coming out party, but my quest to learn Dungeons and Dragons in the 80s. And um, I had to travel on public transportation for six and a half hours. Okay. I wound up in a sundown town. And once I was there, um, yeah, most people don't know that Burbank, California was a sundown town until the early 2000s. Um, and once I was there, I was tread not like a second-class citizen, but like a sentient piece of garbage, essentially. Now, um, the best part about magic and the magic that I practice is that I'm going to be here a very long time. There's no guarantee that my detractors will be. Um, so that store isn't here anymore um, <laughs> through no actions of my own. and. You know, um, it just took a dip in the economy and a couple of earthquakes. Like I said, through no actions of my own. Okay, I wasn't strong enough then. Not that I'm not strong enough now, but, you know, costs and responsibilities and, you know, my <laughs> Uncle Benjamin coming out telling me about that stuff. Um, but over the past 30 years since I first started doing this stuff, actually, I started in 87. So since I started um, doing the gaming stuff, I've noticed different cities, different towns, um, places all over the country. And as the 21st century has gone about, and the internet, my favorite invention since the prophylactic, has taken um, <laughs> its, its prominence throughout um, American and global society, that a lot more diversity and willingness to diversity is more prevalent. That's, that's what I've noticed. I would, um, when we talked about the panel, I said I wanted to talk about how we've noticed how things have gotten better. I ain't gonna say good. <laughs> All right, I'm not gonna say good, but um, I, see, I see a lot of people that look like me, that are like 12, 13, or 14, that play D&D or paint miniatures or do model trains or love comic books, um, getting, I would say, a fraction of the swirlies that we grew up with. We spent, um, they spend a lot less time in their lockers <laughs> than we used to. And um, I like how you say you stand up to bullies because they don't like throwing down. When I was coming up, if I won the throwdown, I'd be getting jumped the next day. And there's a lot less of that nowadays within the geek sphere and, and, and my experiences. Um, so I wanted to know if it's been like that with you guys. Have you guys noticed a more diverse and opening and welcoming um, space for nerds, at least since 2003? I, I can say since 2003, just the past 20 years. Uh, we'll start with you, Jason. Why? <laughs> because I'm that kind of teacher. <laughs> you can sense that I'm I wasn't like, ready. wow, everybody's sitting up straight except for that one guy that's like, don't pick me, don't pick me, don't pick me. <laughs> I, was, how you I was comfortable. <laughs> um, no, um, 
<laughs> I, I do think um, it's better for our spaces. Um, I'm not super impressed with the amount of diversity, but I am impressed that we can uh, build our own spaces and then come together there. I love that about it. Like, I love that I can meet people like Mike and Marquita, and we can come together and problem solve or create, you know, or bring more things to the table. Um, I think that is the most impressive part about it for me. Like, meeting Solar and being like, he's like, yo, come into the game space. Learn this thing. You like this thing? Let's figure this thing out. Um, more so than... You no, know I'm going to be riding you about that 3D printer, right? Oh, man, here it is. See, there it is. Um, more so than the diversity. I still think that needs work because there's a sort of surface diversity where they're putting you in the creative spot, but we need administrative diversity. Um, we need producing diversity. Uh, and I think check writing diversity... <laughs> Uh, more so, um, but the internet is wonderful. Technology is amazing. Um, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without the internet, without technology, without our advances. So I don't want to sound super dour. Well, I don't know, but we've got Dwayne McDuffie, and and you know, before I throw it over to Nerd, one man so. can't do everything. <laughs> I know, and I know, Dwayne's I know. no longer and here. Also. Before I throw it to Mike, who was making all the noises that I love seeing elder black women make in church, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to Mr. Uh, Mendez real quick because um, this is the man that's on the ground seven days a week, so um, running a successful game store for seven years now. Eight. eight years yeah, now. Just got eight. <laughs> um, yeah, seriously, guys, that is an applaud thing. If you guys are in these spaces, it's like, yeah, I remember that game store. You remember? Because, you know, it, it, it's a furniture store now. <laughs> it's a subway, you know, uh, that kind of thing. So, um, so what have you seen on the ground um, with the customers that come through your store, the people that talk to you online, the mail order, that kind of thing, um, since you are in it? Like, you are knee-deep in the trenches in ways that we only complain about. What has been your experience and observation? Like as, uh, as far as, like, diversity coming in or the way people are treated? Uh, both. Both? Both, yeah. Uh, and get a little closer to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, generally, I mean, generally, it's pretty positive. Um, I do actively try to foster a more positive atmosphere in my store. Mm -hmm. um, kind of, you kind of have to police the negativity and encourage the positivity a lot. And that really just a, creates a much more inviting space for everyone, uh, no matter what the background is. You know, judge people by what they do and what they say, not you know, what they come from, what they look like. Now, when you say police the, di uh, police the, the negativity, do you mean like, people being upset that the game didn't turn out the way that they want it to, or people saying, ew, girls have cooties, we don't want them at our table, kind of thing. Uh, a bit of both. Any, <laughs> anytime, it's, anytime it's something negative where it's like, you know, so-and-so's done this, or this business is, is doing this practice. They say cooties for real? Cooties. <laughs> cooties, no. Um, basically, I, I do try to like, you know, don't tell me, don't tell me what's wrong, what's making you mad, tell me what you like about that thing, or that person, or the game. You know, don't worry about what went wrong, worry about what went right. If you're not worried about what went wrong, figure out how to fix it. Okay. You know, be more positive, because complaining about something that you don't like doesn't do anything that make you more upset. But, but, but Twitter. <laughs> but, 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 but Twitter. So complaining about things you don't like makes you more upset and makes the people who own those distributions more rich. <laughs> uh, but, but, but Facebook, yo. They do make a lot of money off negativity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh man, but I thought that was what I was supposed to be doing because, you know, my algorithm has me as a hate monster because I, 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 I hate the, I, I, I hate that cinematography and I hate that CGI and I hate that writing and I, I hate it. It's all I am programmed to do. Now, um, so now that, now that I've heard from, you know, the people that are being very polite and I love that you guys are being polite and diplomatic. I'm going to hand it over to my boy, because he can't help but be real. <laughs> He's like, I don't know, I, I, I just, I just, no. So, uh, 
I'm gonna just do this and maybe get myself a drink. <laughs> this ought to be good. <laughs> um, okay. All right, on the representation thing, yeah. on one hand, we do have more people in the front. Like uh, we talk about uh, Star Trek Discovery. Mm -hmm. You have Michael Burnham, and this is one thing that I love. Michael Burnham, she's doing a thing, kicking it, you know, being a captain and, you know, solving, solving mysteries and crimes and saving people <laughs> and stuff, and everything's fine. Mysteries and crimes. <laughs> mysteries and crimes. <laughs> and, and everything seems to be fine. All she needs to do is paint that ship uh, green with a little purple stripe down the side to get a dog, right? Yeah. So, and then uh, you have all of these people, uh, Adira, Tall, you have... Um, the the doctor that 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 used to get on my nerve, Hugh was it Hugh? The guy that used to get on my nerves, but he's okay now. Him and uh, him Stamets. and Stamets, yeah, Stamets. And so you have those things, uh, not only as representation, but with a big budget behind it, mm -hmm. okay. which is something that we usually don't get. Black Panther, another one, big budget behind it, and it's like oh. Yeah, see, a billion dollars. We told y'all, like, we we told you all this time. Or I think it's have, two now. Yeah, uh, yeah. So then you have uh, you have even smaller shows like Euphoria that do bring, even though I think that's the craziest high school in the world. But you know, you have smaller properties like that, things like Evil, where uh, <laughs> I went to Hollywood High School, bro. If that show was set in the '90s, they just need a little more dancing in the hallways. <laughs> so you have this you have this representation in the front which is cool but then sometimes I wonder how meaningful it is okay. and that's kind of when you get to the point of like meaningful representation like oh, okay cool we have like we have um, uh, some Latin people at the front of this show we have uh, LGBTQIA plus in front of this show but then it's like are they just playing out stereotypes or are like are they there just to be seen and kind of sidelined and still not allowed to be heroes or be protagonists at all? You know, to kind of like drive the story. Um, even a show that just ended, uh, Motherland Fort Salem, which is like a small show, but it was actually kind of cool where you have uh, these witches that are like sort of incorporated into the army, and then you have this whole beef with like the I, I guess think the they're a division thing. of the military. Well, yeah, they they're, are. They're they're their own division. But don't the do, doesn't the government still kind of control them, sort of? Well, when you're a division of the military, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how well, that works. Well, sorry, I'm just saying well, that they're they're yeah, like yeah. it's like the air force, and yeah. the navy, and then you got the witches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of like that. Witch force? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're, 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 they're a whole div like oh, division yeah. of the military. That's witches. That's their that's their weapon. Oh, I thought, I thought you'd seen it before. But anyway, Motherland Fort Salem. It's really cool. It's a really good really show. Good and it's a matriarchal It's in show. Africa? Uh, no, no, it's, it's <laughs> wrong motherland. <laughs> but um, we do, uh, without, without spoiling anything, there is a strong tie to Africa, but you find that out later. later. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you have a strong matriarchal situation where... In the families, in the military, in the government, women are at the forefront and they're like in charge and doing things. And I really like it because not only are women in charge and running things, but it's meaningful. They don't seem like to be there sort of as a foil. Now, of course, I'm not a woman, haven't grown up as a woman, but it seems like, hey, they're, they're, there's good women, there's bad women, there's women that are like spies and stuff, women, that, you know, so they're able to be everything you instead of. Yeah, you know, regular people. <laughs> but then also they don't play it in a way where the, I guess, the warlocks or the male witches are somehow, like, corny and whack. They just allow, they allow, like, the guys to be good guys and bad girl, guys and the girls to be, but, and this is just saying girls as a quick, I know they're women or grown up or, well, some of them are. But anyway, they're able to be everybody. They're able to be good, bad change the good, change the bad, you know, they're, they're able to be, yeah, three-dimensional people. They're, they're you know. fully developed characters. Fully developed characters. <laughs> that's, that's what and, he's trying to get out And that's what I mean about <laughs> meaningful, like a lot of shows you don't get that. It's like, oh, so this person is just bad, yeah. and they never, we never try to understand They it. use more but, as like a device yeah. to boost the story for, or they're a sidekick, or they're 
comedy relief or yeah, the, something the like funny that. Funny friend. You, you, and you want, yeah, exactly. You want to know more about that. And to to what you're saying, and I love that we're using representation as opposed to diversity because that's what it's really mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Um, I think meaningful is important because if it's superficial, it's not doing the work. It's not doing what we want representation. It doesn't represent me if you're making some kind of trope. <laughs> it, it's like you're not doing the thing you're you're saying you want to do if you're giving me tropes. And so I, I definitely understand yeah. that what you're saying um, is meaningful. Similar yeah. to uh, Adira, I believe, in Star Trek. It's Adira? Yeah, Adira. Yeah. And then Rael in Motherland Fort Salem. Me, I'm not part of LGBTQIA. I'm not. But in the story, I'm looking at them and the people that they're dating. I'm like, girl, you need to be getting someone better for you. Uh, you need you need a better girl for you because she ain't no good. <laughs> and I mean, that's when the representation is good because, like, I don't know, but I know that person. No, uh-uh, she doing you wrong. Uh, so when people you wrong. when people show up as actual human beings, yeah, you can, you can relate to them no yes. matter what their orientation yeah. or what their situations are. Yeah. But like, you need something better, someone better for you, and you can still enjoy it as as their relationship in general just grows. And fosters, and I think that's something that we're still really fighting for because it's beautiful that my son can see uh, men, black men, uh, kind of being heroes and stuff. But then sometimes you wonder, are they fully realized uh, men? Because they don't really, you know, you might see them. They might not be in charge, or they might not be able to have friends, or they, they might, might not, not be get able to, paid for the, working for the Avengers. Yeah, they, they might, might have <laughs> propane tanks on their back, and they might be fine with it. I try not to talk about that guy, but you know Falcon does get beat up a lot, and, and Falcon, like we could give him because he can't fight. Because <laughs> he can't fight. Why isn't he getting paid? Like I don't understand yeah. that. Like, I feel like he gets like, all pepper up. Like, like, represent like... a black man that wants to get paid for his work <laughs> because yeah. that's kind of a standard. I, like, I love Falcon and like Winter Soldier, but that killed me that they were like, like, and he was struggling for money. Winter Soldier was not. Yeah. Like. I'm, why? What? You're doing this? You're doing all the same work? What, what are we doing? I know. Don't get me are wrong. Are you Captain America again? I, I'm and not. You broke? Like, um, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, you know, this Working actually, on your own gear. <laughs> now, this actually um, ties in with what you were saying because, um, again, it's that representation versus a trope. Mm. Falcon being the trope of the put-upon um, heroic character that doesn't get any rewards. Because remember, Avengers wasn't his only job. He, he was doing Merc work on the outside, just like Rhodey was. Right. But for some reason, Rhodey got a better contract. Yeah. Right, Rhodey's good. Because Rhodey, Don Cheadle's like a better work. actor He's than Matthew Mackey, like, but... He's trying to him a girl. <laughs> yeah. Rhodey got that military pension. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. Um, it's a trick fight because John Ludlum trumps all. But, um, you know, so it, it really is that kind of a thing. Um, so, next question, all right? Um... Within these spaces, now, a lot of the stuff that we see now that nerddom is mainstream, okay, with things like Critical Role, Stranger Things, the fact that the comic books that, re- that I read in junior high school and you guys read in elementary school are now the primarily, uh, the primary moneymaker for some of the biggest movie companies in the history of moving pictures, okay? It, I mean, I ain't gonna I lie. Mean, it's not just that, it's keeping them afloat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, seriously. Because, I mean, The Godfather is one of my favorite movies of all time. But it didn't make no in-game money. <laughs> you know, I mean... Adjusted for inflation. People are like, you know what, The Godfather, that's a great... Oh, man, there's Captain America, Winter Soldier. Yeah, you Oh yeah, you get him, Cap, you know. Um, you know, I mean, seriously. When he so, said a symbol, we all were like, <laughs> when he said a symbol, we were done. All of us were like, a like, symbol. Yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, actually, man, my teary so moment in Endgame actually came when Thor was like, I knew it! <laughs> when Cap called me on here. I'm like, yeah, he was just being nice, and the one that was directed by the director I've never liked. But hot take aside, <laughs> um, so now that it's mainstream, do you find that things, when they become mainstream, tend to become um, more of the domain of the middle class, or is mainstreaming 
another inadvertent gate, uh, in an, another inadvertent gate to the fiscally disenfranchised because of the laws of, of supply and demand. Hmm. Yeah, I know I'm silly, then I dropped this on y'all. Right. <laughs> now we have to be intellectual. <laughs> oh, we, we, we hadn't started yet? <laughs> Not me. Oh, okay. I'm just talking. <laughs> I'll, I'll start and say, okay. <laughs> yes. It has, okay, this is, okay, this is where I see a lot of the, when you talk about fiscally disenfranchised, you see a lot of gatekeeping around maybe the access of, maybe just the access of the things of the product or the property. So there's at the, the access of like, oh, well, I'm more of a geek than you are because I have this specialized steel book and hardcover and what and you just have a t-shirt so you're nowhere near the geek i am because i have all these things and you have the socks you know what do you mean you like the avengers name every comic yeah I have oh you like reading name every book <laughs> you know what what color socks were captain kirk wearing in the original series season two episode five at minute 431 you mean those guys <laughs> Yes, they, there's this, there's this new gatekeeping because in my view, you, at first you were like, hey, we weren't allowed to do anything. Like, hey, we were reading comics, people were like, we hate y'all, y'all ain't allowed. And now everybody's like, cool, we read comics, we watch animated series and stuff. And now it's like, well, if you didn't read as much as I did, then you're not as special as me. It's like, hold up, you wanted everybody to like this thing, right? <laughs> well, now everybody likes this thing. It might not be the exact version, maybe they like only the animated series. Or they, but you can, at least we can all, I thought, enjoy this stuff. Like, oh, cool, you watched the animated series. Well, I read the book, and then we can at least converse on that. Or, hey, I watched the movie, and you... But no, now it's still more of the, well, well, that's not the real animated series. The one that's the real animated series is the one I grew up on. And the one you... <laughs> that's a cheap replacement. There's this hyper... Dubbed anime specific. for life. There are these hyper-specific <laughs> critiques on the way you geek. And I, I feel don't really have a lot of merit except for the fact that that's not your, that's not your flavor. I don't know if I have a problem with that, that particular part of it. In a sense of, we've always done that to each other. <laughs> we've been doing that. When I have, I have a problem with it when it starts to exclude, when it starts becoming exclusionary to like, or, or it starts othering people, like okay. LGBTQ people, or black people, you know, Latinx people, whatever. Like when you use it, you know, it's almost like, it almost becomes a sort of religion thing almost, right? Like we're acting real religious now, and we're trying to exclude the people that we don't like or we don't care for or we don't or, or, or we're othering at the time when it when it's used to do that that sucks but for the most part we've been i mean we've been doing that the whole time even when even when it wasn't mainstream i was like well i've read more copies of x-men than you so i'm clearly the authority on colossus <laughs> I heard I was just starting to fight over there. The other side of the table ain't exactly being very vocal. Please, please. Uh, I mean, the only thing I wanted to bring up for that was, uh, it, by describing it that way, it feels like, um, like gatekeeping is a bit of a paradox. Like, you want to flaunt what you know and be superior to other people who kind of like what you want, but they're not liking it enough. So you're pushing people away. You're, you're bringing the people, you're bringing the people you want to, you want to bring the people, but you're pushing them away at the same time. So right. <laughs> gatekeeping is such a weird paradox of like, why wouldn't you want people to like share information with that you're passionate about instead of trying to flaunt your superiority, quote unquote, <laughs> that you know more or have experienced it longer for no reason? Oh, sorry. I, this series, this uh, this uh, figure right here was only made one time. There's only a hundred of them. And guess what? I've got three. <laughs> but that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you think you think you'd be like, hey, oh, you like this? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, yeah, but I want to be at the top of it, though. 
Uh, Miss Lestar? Well, you know, they do say it's very lonely at the top. It's lonely. <laughs> Jason has made it clear that he's pulled. <laughs> I think we all realize this now. <laughs> um, yes, I, I agree with everything that's been said. I, I had like a few different takes on that. Well, maybe two. Um, I, I, definitely the people using it to feel special. Definitely the people using it to feel to other people. Um, I remember uh, women coming to me or having conversations with women about walking into comic shops and getting geek checked, as I think is the term that we all use for that now. Bruh. And I was like, I've never been into that. Like, I'm I'm okay with admitting I don't know everything, and I'm happy for you. I get real trolly and condescending with those type of people, so they tend not to like to do it with me. Um, <laughs> I was like, yay for you. You want a star cookie? What, what, what are we doing here? Um... <laughs> Because it has happened at cons, and I'm like, cons I have been on big panels for, and I'll be talking to a random or another creator, and they go to kick check me, and then I have to donkey kick them back. So, um, yeah, so women don't take it, and all the other groups don't take it. You don't have to know everything to enjoy it, and I'm very excited about sharing anything I'm passionate about. That's like, that's just how, that's how I am. So, never understood that, and then it, 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 it's what fueled some of the toxicity though in our fandom and so I was like you know you I forget what it's called when you go into a movie and you review the movie and you dunk it before it even comes out <laughs> um then there's then there's the people who are like not even the people who are into it so so you got the hipsters who are like I was in it it's before it was cool and then you have the people who are new to it don't really know it as well, but then we'll come to you and try to be all preachy about it. So <laughs> my biggest favorite comic book is The Sandman. I'm huge. That's how I got into comics. Those are the kind of comics I'm into. I am not a well, big superhero. Actually, it's <laughs> called The Sandman. Yes. Uh, yes, <laughs> I know. The D. The D. <laughs> It, it, it was, it, it, it was the seminal work of, of a sophomore writer named Neil Gaiman. Gaiman, right. And that's it, the thing. It, it's I, not, I, I actually pronounced Gaiman. Gaiman. <laughs> He'll tell you that it's Gaiman because he's a writer and it's his name. So, yeah. <laughs> Should I wait so they can get on the air? <laughs> like, it's not like they're breathing too well. Um, yeah, and so I like the Sandman a lot, and so it, they have a new series on Netflix. I thought it was pretty well done. A lot of the switch-ups made a lot of sense to me, and if you're familiar with the work and the artist himself, a lot of that stuff is predictable. Like, that's just how he rolls, and so, like, watching gaming, like, roll, like troll people who are claiming to be his fans <laughs> is like the most awesomest thing to me. Like I love retweeting him. I love reposting everything he says because you're not a real fan. I don't, I'm like, like, I'm not even sure if you're interested in this stuff. You're just here to like fight and, and your prejudices are on full display when you have problems with this because if you know the, art, you know the work and you know the artist, you, you, already, you should already expect everything that appears in the Netflix version of Sandman. You, okay. you, sh you should be ready for it. So I think that is the newest threat that I have observed with things becoming mainstream, is people getting really excited or really into what they think something is, mm -hmm. and then coming to the people who've been here <laughs> <laughs> and being really... You know, preachy, but in a bigoted, like, Actually, way. Actually, it's an automatopoeia. Thank you very much. <laughs> that, that reminds me of uh, Lord of the Rings for Amazon. Uh -huh. When the trailer came out, right. and I, I mean, I've seen all of the Lord of the Rings movies, but I'm not super into the Lord of the Rings. I'm right. like, it's way too long. And I'm like, why, like, why didn't he just fly him over there? Like, he's not a good friend. But, but, I'm, like, but I'm, like, I'm like, you're not helping us, yeah, man. He, but, <laughs> but I also know. We need like, a story, Michael. Come on. <laughs> but I know if, it's like, hey, man, I right, cool. I brought you this far. Check it. This is an evil force. Walk through that. No. Like, 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 don't you got birds? Like, let's go. Oh, but, but uh, they put out the trailer for the Amazon thing, and I'm right. like, oh, it looks kind of cool. It looks, looks good, and I was, I was happy with seeing it. Right. Apparently, I was wrong <laughs> because clearly. Uh, clearly, you can't have uh, black people in stuff mm -hmm. uh, doing things. 
and Twitter did not and, see, and they did not seem to like thing. it. Like, that's <laughs> it. It's like it's not like I consulted the work. I'm not critiquing whether they can take up that mantle or are they doing a good job or they being true to the character. I'm here for criticism. I think it makes our art grow and get better. If you're okay. not here for growth, I argue you shouldn't be an artist. But it should be constructive. There should be a rhyme or reason. If you just don't like stuff, as you were saying, it's just because you want to be neg- negative and hateful, mm-hmm. then you can take your negative and hateful self over there somewhere. Okay. But, um... <laughs> is, is the Lord of the Rings show a prequel? Uh, yes. Yes, uh, it takes place in the Second Age, and it takes place uh, on the far east of the continent, uh, where the darker people live, and where the wizards Alatar and Palindel went. And yes, I'm that like, guy. It's like, if it, it, um. like if it wasn't, if it didn't make sense, but it makes sense. And I don't understand what you're arguing, other than you're uh, just being hateful, and and it's showing. Okay, okay, that's all I take that as. It's saying more about you than me or the artwork, and okay. you're just you're 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 a fake friend. You're not even a real fan. It's like fake outrage because you're not a real fan. All right, so. <laughs> Being who I am, okay. all right, and I'm gonna back up a little bit because every time I do this on the show, I know Mike wants to give me five across the eyes. Okay? Never. Um, all right, every other time. So, um, but no, it's not that. It's um, I like to look at the completeness of the story. Okay, um, because how can I put this? I spend a lot of time in geek space. I spend some time in political space, but I'm always talking to people. And one of my biggest philosophies, call it beliefs, is that we will all live in a better world if everyone takes time to learn everyone else's story. Okay? So when I think about these outraged geeks, these outraged people, um, I have lots of conversations. Lots of conversations. Loads <laughs> of conversations. <laughs> because when Twitter says, it ain't my job to teach you, then back in the deck at gmail.com comes up and questions pop up. Um, so I spend a lot of time talking to people, learning everybody's story. And I know with the new geek gatekeeping, it's something that reminds me of paradigm, okay? Um, a lot of people, like we talked about bullies a little earlier. Well, in that old frame of hurt people hurt people, bullies, even Karens, um, do what they can to get power, not just so that they can hurt other people, but or not just so that they can stop being hurt, but they can have revenge on people that have hurt them. That is the paradigm under which they live in. Now, when it comes to the outrage and all that other stuff, what I see are a bunch of people that have always been marginalized, have always been the ones that there was always a reason not to let them sit at the lunch table. Most of the time it was funk, but a good amount of the time it was just they weren't welcome for a reason. So I think a lot of them are afraid that once the stuff gets mainstream and the popular kids start doing it, there'll be no room at the table within the spaces that they occupied before. You know, um, I know I've talked to a lot of people that have felt marginalized, and then I talk to them about different levels of marginalization, okay, i.e. people of color, women, LGBTQ+, um, you know, just the, the whole lot. There is a hierarchy. And a lot of the times it's, well, I grew up with this, and now it's changing, and I feel like I'm going to be left behind, and what I like will not be accessible anymore. Um, which, not going to lie, when New 52 hit and, and DC changed Billy Batson from a good kid to an anxious 21st century teenager, I was mad. <laughs> okay. I'm like, leave him alone. We need one good person. Just one good person that's not filled with angst, guilt, sadness. Um, just, just something like Billy's a good kid who's good for the sake of being good. He's Hufflepuff. You know? Their house words are be good because. And now they changed him to the angry kid that we saw in the movie to keep up with the kids of today's demographic. Um, So with your guys' experience, especially as my great-grandmother used to tell me, keep on living, well, now that we got some years on us, have you guys seen some of the stuff that I'm seeing um, in the sense of 
a lot of this outrage and performative stuff is coming from people who have been hurt and don't know how to deal with it or just hateful people like like what are what what would be your guys' assessment on that? Yeah, we went from intellectual to psychological. No. We go deep on the dark side of the room. Jason <laughs> Jason said both. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um You're a writer, elaborate man. <laughs> not a traditional writer. Um <laughs> No, I feel, I, I agree with you. I think some people have been hurt and some people want revenge. I mean, it's real, it's easy for base people to drum up negativity, like from your base self, rather. Um, so yeah, I think, I, I think it's both. I think some people, they are, just like Billy Batson had been a person that it was good for good sake, straight Hufflepuff, there are mad Slytherins around here who just like to drum up chaos and hate. And I think those are getting intertwined. Like, I think the people that, that have been hurt, it's possible some of them can be saved. But the real, just regular, hateful, yeah. let, me, let, me, let me come in this thread and, and, and derail it, I don't know about those people, right? So I think it's both. And it's, it's hard trying to differentiate them, too. It, it yeah. is hard because, you know, you just look at the whole thread and you're like, no, nah, I'm not even getting in this. Like, <laughs> there's so many, man, and I'm sure the same with this whole panel. There's so many threads that you see and you start to type and you be like, I don't care that much. I don't. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I'm going to just watch yeah. it. Yeah. I'll enjoy it on my own. Absolutely. I'll watch it. I'll, care, I'll love it on my own and, you know, I'll be fine. Like, it, you're like, you're like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring reason to this. You know what? Never mind. Never, never mind. Oh, so what? I, I've done, I've done worse. I've like literally typed it all up and like looked at the essay I've written. I could uh, like sold it to a newspaper <laughs> and then pushed the delete. Well, <laughs> what I do is I just take that 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 thought to my own page. So it's a safe yeah, space, and yeah. then uh, yeah. I let them come to me, and then I destroy them. No, but <laughs> I wanted to revenge people. I'm sorry, but um, no, I mean it's both. It's absolutely both. And and Jason and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, where sometimes when they change a certain character, I'm like, cool, you know what I'm saying? This is great. But then another part of me is like, why did y'all change this? Because you know they're going to come out crying <laughs> about it, and then why are we going to have to hear about them crying about it? Just leave it. And I mean, I think it should change, or maybe it shouldn't change, or maybe flip it. It's yours to do, but like now that you've changed it, now i got to hear their mouth. Well, and I don't want to hear their mouth about this. <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, just leave it how it is so they can be happy. But I feel like that's where the hateful negativity part comes in, because like, you know what era we're in. We're in an era where we're, 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 some people are attempting to fix things by changing things, and then some people are changing things to make money. I mean, we're in an era where things are changing, whether that's gender, whether that's race, whether your favorite characters might end up being black. Sorry. But, the, but, but, but Jason, but, change is constant. Exactly. <laughs> it's never ending. Exactly. Okay. It never ends. <laughs> but it's that's not an era thing. But that's my well. <laughs> All, right. All right. It's so. not an era thing. It is absolutely constant. But what I'm saying is, you know where you are. Read the room. <laughs> Why are you so angry about it? Like, what is the issue? People don't like change. They're they're comfortable with what they have. And they don't want it to be different, and so they get upset. But oh, even even so. some of the things they like, because change is constant, has been changed. When they're like, they get into like an argument, and they're like, my version of something is great, how dare exactly. you change it from that version, but then there's an older version that that's based on, and then there's a book that that thing is based on, and you're like, what are you talking about? It's been, it was changed already when you came into it and claimed yourself a fan, but you're not that great of a fan. You didn't even bother to go back and read the book and the movie the that it was Proverbs. made from that. <laughs> L-O-T-R is one of those things. It, yeah. it changed from, from first right. to Peter Jackson's version, and now it's flipping a little right. bit again. And there's hey. new people who don't know about the hey. original, I will and they're going you. after the Peter Jackson version. I will tell you, the Ralph Bakshi version is timeless. All right, I need my goat singing songs about great adventure. Oh man! You know, so, so uh, like real talk. But all right, so 
this is, and I had to save this for last, all right? Because this is the most poignant and important question that I have to ask each of you on this panel, all right? This is really, really what we got together for. I'm gonna brace myself. All right? So, in the realm of geek space, on the internet, in the 21st century, and I'm gonna start with you, Ms. Lestar, okay? Where can they find you if they want to contact you and get your work? Oh, there we go. I told, them, I told you guys that at the beginning. You guys, yeah, Jason was all scared. I was like, I'm ready. I ain't never scared. You can't scare me. I'll protect you, Jason. It's I'm okay. just cool. That's I, Kimmy's not here. I got you. I got you. I'm cool like that. That's, that's, a, that's a persona. That's a, I know. But no, you can find me anywhere on the internet. It's at lastar.net. That's L-A star dot net. <laughs> right down the line. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, all the links to my business social media is at www.theguildhousegames.com. Uh, I say that because my Twitch, Instagram, or Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff's a little different. So just, uh, per, yeah, I have a Twitch account. I don't haven't actually oh, done anything. Oh. <laughs> I would, I would love to do some stuff, but I tend to get very nervous. He does not have time to live stream. I but don't. we do a lot from his store. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk for him. I would love, I would love to live stream and just answer questions. Oh, but that day hard, is coming. It, but it's hard to do that if you don't have an audience. <laughs> that day is coming. Oh yeah, it's coming. All right, um, Mr. Reeves. Never scared. Jason Reeves, 133Art Publishing. One at 133Art on all social media. 133Art.com is the hub. Holler back. E Bombay. Alright, uh, N-E-R-D-S-O-U-L, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, what does podcast. That, spell? that spells nerd soul. We do hip hop and geek. Um, most recently we had Elixir. She did a performance at Oh My Burger in Gardena. We talked about Motherland Fort Salem yesterday. We're going to be talking about, oh, we'll be talking about Dragon Ball Superhero soon-ish. Once I answer your messages. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow, you're yeah, going to be right next to a brother now. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. You, you just leaving him on red? Yo. <laughs> Got things to do. Uh, but then uh, the rest of this uh, this week, we'll have some other stuff. Oh, uh, I got one of the top gamers, I mean, top fighters from DNF Duel to come on an interview about just being one of the top five players in the world right now, at least on the PlayStation side, because they don't have crossplay. And um, you know, yeah, you embarrassed yourself at Comic Con on the Street Fighter. Oh yeah, I, I played Street Fighter Six at Comic Con. <laughs> I lost. <laughs> it wasn't good, um, but still. It's embarrassing. You get. <laughs> it's embarrassing. I uh, this guy, this guy beat me zero uh, and two. Um, <laughs> it wasn't pretty, but but I am I am still a very strong Faust player in Guilty Gear Strive, so uh, I, I held that in high regard. Um, my last statement is. I wasn't ready for Street Fighter Six. When it comes out, uh, I will make sure to train. Um, I was caught off guard. <laughs> I'll make sure that uh, my skills are much, much stronger. I feel like this is like a press meeting now. Press release. Questions from other journalists. Mr. Young is a good person, but he must learn manners. God chose me to play Street Fighter against him. God is the teacher, Michael is the student, and I am God's instrument. God's lessons are so beautiful. Um, and I want you guys to give it up for our panel. <laughs> give it up to our panel. Thank you guys for being here. I hope the food has been acceptable. Acceptable. <laughs> And uh, we're going to break down the other stuff, and then we're going to start with some of the game demos. But if you guys were wondering where to get a hold of us, you can find me at backinthedeck at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-I-N-T-H-E-D-E-C-K -E -E <laughs> at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram, also at backinthedeck, or as I like to say, the social media that we all have, even though no one likes it. And you can find me 
over on TikTok, the TikToks, 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 if you are below, you know, if you're actually young enough for that kind of thing to be relevant, at, at BidP, that is at B-I-D-P-Y, um, on, TikTok, uh, on TikTok, where you guys can see me do the dance challenges where I dance like Doctor Who doing an impression of a giraffe. And if I get enough Twitch subscribers, I'll actually make that TikTok. So subscribe <laughs> on twitch.tv slash BID underscore P. Use your Amazon Prime account so it won't cost you no money. But it'll stop Twitch from sending me these Italian guys to my house in ill-fitting suits holding various blunt pieces of wood. So that would actually help a lot. And of course, if you're a part of that wretched hive of scum and villainy known as Facebook, then join Deckers on the Book, which is the um, Facebook group. It's a public-ish group full of people like the ones you guys have met here today and that have been on the panel. And I use the band hammer so hard, Thor looks at me going, you know, you need to back off of that hammer. You might, you, you, you might get a thing. Um, just to make sure that I cultivate an open and welcoming community. All right, that's also where I give away a lot of PDFs. So yeah, just like I was saying, policing the negativity. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> policing the negativity. It's like straight black. Yeah, it really is. Like, oh my God, I can't believe they cast a black woman as death. Watch the show; she's amazing. And um, oh, and by the way, uh, you're a new kid. This is the block. All right. I mean, seriously, we just do that whole thing. So, thank you guys for joining us. And I am Solar Gray, the cinematic sorcerer. And remember, if anybody tells you that you can't like what you like because of the circumstances of your birth, be it race, religion, creed, gender identity, sexual orientation, disability, neurodiver uh, neurodivergence, or your budget, you can look at them and tell them to take that card and put it back in the deck. This is Solar Gray, the Cinematic Sorcerer, coming at you live right now, but you're watching the future on YouTube because, yeah, that's <laughs> what you guys are doing. From Bono's Pizzeria in beautiful downtown Long Beach, saying thank you guys, and we will see you Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the dark side of the room. Uh. <laughs>